they always want to know that they are part of the family, that they are uh, listened to, uh, and that you love him or her unconditionally. Whether they do well in school, whether they don't, whether they're tall, they're short, they're fat, they're thin, right? That they want to know that they are loved unconditionally. Hello and welcome to Catholic Parents Online, a podcast channel where we share tips and resources on Catholic parenting. Presented through the lens of the theology of the body, you will see how we can be gifted to our children in ways that will help them find true happiness and flourish in accordance with God's wonderful plan for each and every one of them. Hi, my name is John Hui and I'm your host for this series. Today we're going to talk about positive parenting styles. What are these and uh, what can we do to connect even better with our children? And to help us on this journey, uh, we are very happy to have with us uh, Mr. Stephen Yeo. All right, uh, Stephen is uh, currently a counsellor and family therapist uh, who holds a master's in counselling from Monash University. Um, I understand he's very passionate in yes. the field of uh, mental well-being, having been involved in uh, preparing couples for lifelong marriages yeah, for many years and uh, still is active today. Yes, still doing good today. <laughs> very good. Yeah, and uh, he volunteers with the family counselling agency seeing cases ranging from depression, anxiety to marital and relationship challenges. So, welcome to Catholic Parents Online, Stephen. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. We're very happy to have, with, uh, uh, to have you with us. Now, um, perhaps uh, for the sake of our listeners, would you uh, like to uh, briefly introduce uh, yourself uh, as to you know, how many years you've been married, how many kids you've, been, you've had? Okay. I wouldn't ask how many wives we've had. <laughs> <laughs> one wife, one wife, one wife. <laughs> one wife. <laughs> yeah, so yes, would you like to give a brief introduction sure. about yourself? Okay, sure. So again, uh, I'm Stephen. Uh, I'm married to my wife, Lily. We've been married for 31 years. Wow. Wow, long time. Yeah. Uh, we have three young adult kids, uh, two girls and one boy. And uh, we have also recently been a grandparents. Oh, been congratulations. Grandparents. Yes, congratulations. Yes, yes. How old is your grandchild? Uh, three months. Oh, three months old. welcome yes. to the club. Welcome to the club. Yes, yes, yes. Excited about Exciting that. Exciting journey, yes. yes. That's right. Good. Like what you said uh, earlier on, currently I'm uh, working as a counsellor. Uh, and I do see clients from different walks of lives, re- uh, marital relationship problems, couple, family, uh, anxiety, depression, and, uh, and a whole gamut of other things as well. All right. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, okay it's exciting. I love this journey of grandparenting. Yeah, you get lots of <laughs> I'm fun. I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> lots of fun uh, without yes. too much responsibility, but okay, that's another topic for another day. Uh. Correct, correct. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get, bring it back for grandparenting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perhaps um, in uh, relation to the topic we're discussing today, right, would you like to share with us what are the uh, different styles of uh, parenting that um, uh, perhaps uh, many parents are using, different parents are using? Right. Okay, so I, I guess uh, depending on your background, uh, your knowledge and life experiences, uh, there are many parenting styles out there, right? Asian parenting styles may differ with the Western way of, uh, of parenting styles. Uh, but actually, most of us use a hybrid of parenting styles. There's no one, one way to do it. Uh, and I would say that broadly, uh, I, at least for those who aspire to be good parents, um, I would... Um, I would broadly classify that as two ways of doing parenting. Uh, let's put aside those, uh, you know, those who are neglectful, those who don't want to be parents and so on. But generally, I think there are two types of approaches for parenting, right? The first one I would call uh, responsible parenting. So these are parents who take on their traditional roles of caregiving and provider very seriously. 
For example, they will do a variety of things for the for family, right? They will make sure that there's food on the table, they make sure that there's roof over their heads, they may even organizing, uh, they may organize extracurricular activities for them, bring them for holidays and so on, right? So they are doing everything parents should do. But usually, this set of parents may also not connect well with their children. Oh. Right. So, for example, uh, they may be very busy with their careers or they become increasingly hands-off when their life gets busier and career demands a lot more from them. And as a result, a lot of them are not connecting well with their uh, children, uh, especially when their children reach teenage years you know, they have some issues with them growing up and they find that they, there are no easy way for them to connect with the children. Right. They, ha they are doing their role as parents, mm -hmm. mind you, right? Mm -hmm. They're providing everything, but mm -hmm. they're just not connecting well with the children. Right. So very task-oriented parenting, you might say. Very task-oriented parenting and very focused on making sure that they do the fundamentals of parenting well. Right. Except they're not able to connect, not because they... Uh, you know, maybe for the sake of time, maybe they don't have time, maybe whatever, right? right. They're not able to connect well with the right. children, right? right. Well, they're just simply brought up that way by their own parents. Right, simply yeah. brought up the way and that's mm. that's the area that they're comfortable with mm -hmm. and they're not comfortable with the emotional part of it. Yes. Okay. Then the other group of, uh, uh, the other set of parents that I think um, is what I call uh, parents who are very focused on the outcome. Right. Right. You know, I, I like to use the word accountable parenting, mm -hmm. right, style. Mm -hmm. But they're very focused on the outcome of the parents. They are focused in the sense of they want their children to turn out in a certain way. Oh. Right. Uh, so therefore, they I feel the stress off, ready. Right. They feel the stress <laughs> ready, right? Right. The values, their beliefs, you know, um, discipline mm -hmm. are very important in raising the children. Uh, they also take a very proactive role to instill the values. Uh, they may even be much more involved in their children's life than maybe the children would like to, right? I'm uh, sure. Yeah, sometimes they connect well, sometimes they don't. And sometimes, inadvertently, they become too controlling. Yes. Right, maybe a bit inflexible. So I'm sure you've heard of, you know, statements like Asian tiger moms mm -hmm. and things like that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I would say... Uh, at least, like I said, uh, put aside those uh, parenting styles that are neglectful and so on. But at least for those who try to be good parents, there are those who are very focused on the material part of it, less in the emotional. And then there's another group of parents who really want to focus on uh, the outcome. Right. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's maybe a little bit too much. Right. Right. They think it is the best for the children, right? Correct. Correct. You know? They think yeah. that is the best for the children and they really want to make sure their children turn out in a certain mm -hmm. way. Right. But it seems that there are expectations in the way they want their children to turn out. Am I right exactly. to say that? Exactly. Right. Yeah, and right. there's these expectations that might be a little bit of a problem for the children who might not feel comfortable with it. Correct, correct. Uh, like correct. I said, I already feel stressed with it. <laughs> yeah. So, so in the course of it, right, they may... They may uh, they may want to connect with the child a little bit more emotionally. Um, maybe not so authoritative, but still they want to try to shape how the children turn out. Mm. Right. Right, right, okay. right. So are there any other parenting styles that uh, you would recommend then? Uh, recommend? What would I recommend? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I, I don't think there's one way of parenting that will work with uh, you know, each time and all the time. It really depends on the couple's values, their belief systems, as well as the family dynamics, mm, right? Mm, mm. Right. But I think what I would recommend is that, or what is more important is that 
parents keep the focus on their children uh, and try to balance the needs, right? Mm. Uh, things like quality, time are important uh, because relationships are long-term, right? Yeah. Uh, there are no quick fix when a problem exists if, mm. if it has been there for a long time. Early childhood bonds are mm. also very important and mm. that develops when the parents connect well with the children as they're growing up, mm. right? Mm. So therefore, mm. the presence of the father and mother in a child's life is actually very important. Right. Right. You cannot overemphasize that. Certainly, certainly. Yes. So it appears that it would be good if parents can make sure that they are there for the children um, yes, yes. whenever they can. Or make right. time for the children. And, and make time emotionally mm. to connect Emotionally. With them. Right. So the bonding is very important. Correct. Right? Correct. To, uh, to um, affirm them, Correct. to communicate Correct. with them, Correct. To, to empathize with them. Exactly. And to exactly. feel how they are feeling, to understand their feelings. Correct. Uh, right. Most importantly, to understand how the children, the child is yeah, feeling. Yeah. Right? I think very often, um, as Asian parents, um, you know, in a sense, we, I, I would say that sometimes we do have a difficulty trying to empathize and feel exactly. for our children. Right. Like, why can't you do the same like I did before? Correct. I survived Correct. this and I managed to overcome it. Why can't you do that? Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but one value that Lily and I uphold uh, strongly is that we want to be hands-on parents, right? Mm. So we get involved in our children's life, um, even though we have a helper, mm. but we make sure that we are present for them throughout their growing up right. years. Right. And we don't outsource the emotional connection to the, child, uh, yeah. to the helper, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, things like human, human interaction, I think that's very important. Mm. Uh, so that's why for us, you know, uh, we try not to have screen time oh, yeah. uh, together, mm -hmm. uh, but we spend more time talking, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, interacting, mm -hmm. uh, because our family household is pretty big, mm. our, you know, our grandparents stay with us, ah, right. so there's a lot of interaction that you can do with grandparents, yeah. uh, with siblings, things like right. that. Right, you know? right. Okay, okay. okay. That, that, that's interesting. So, um, are there any, um, uh, it appears that right now, what you're recommending is that uh, as parents, we want to connect well with our children, yes. not just physically, in terms of our being there for them, and in terms of time, but also emotionally. emotionally that, that's very important. That's very important, right. So, which means, if I hear you rightly, what you're saying is that the children, our children need to feel understood, need to feel that we are there with them and for them. Correct. Am I right to say correct. that? Correct, yeah. correct. And that we are supporting them right through this journey of life, which is so tough. Correct, correct. And, and, and that they know. Yeah. Right, that they are loved unconditionally in the sense. Right, right, right. right. So, um, I think for parents, right, um, when we talk about expectations, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think all parents want their children to succeed, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I think um, very typically as Asian parents, we tend to think that we want them to go a certain direction. But if we don't have expectations of them, how are they going to have any a marker to go with? How are they going to have any target to reach? You know, don't we? Don't you think we should have a certain expectation and outcome for them that we want them to aim towards? You know, what would you say to these parents? Yeah. So I, I think I think uh, we have to be careful not to dictate what you want them to be. Mm -hmm. uh, children learn most from parents, right? Yes. Their actions, their behaviors, and a lot of children do follow their parents' choice of career or area of interest and, and so on, right? So, so you know, I, I think expecting them to be somebody that they cannot be puts a lot of stress on them yeah. as well, right? Yes. Uh, so we have to listen to their fears, their anxieties, their interests, their strengths and weaknesses, what are those things, mm. 
uh, you know, and also allow them an environment where they can thrive. Yes. Right. Children needs boundaries, right? Yes. You know, it doesn't mean that it's free for all, right? They can do anything you want. Right. They need schedule. They need mm-hmm. boundaries. They need to understand what is right, what is wrong, what is permissible, what is not, mm-hmm. right? And many a times parents are afraid to set boundaries, right? right? So I would encourage parents to be confident parents, mm-hmm. right? Um, admit mistakes when they do, but don't be afraid to parent your child, yeah, right? I think right. that's important. I've well. made many mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> even, many mistakes. even today when I talk with my children, sometimes they bring up the uh, certain things that I have said or I have done like in the, the past, past that they actually <laughs> felt hurt by and uh, I said, oh, I didn't know I'd, that hurt you that much. I'm so sorry right, about that. Right. So I'm still learning and still learning all the mistakes, all I've, the mistakes uh, learned, right. <laughs> I've made in the past. You know, right? in, in, in counselling, uh, when we do family therapy, um, one of the things we try to do in counselling with families is actually to increase the understanding among family members, yeah. right? So if we facilitate a conversation where we help each other to, you know, we help the family to listen to each other without the need to respond, mm. to judge, then you will be able to discover more things about the family, right? Yeah. So, you know, some of the phrases or kind of questions we use in counselling would be like, if, if your child shares something with you, you know, you can just say something like, uh, thank you for sharing that with me, so what do you need from mommy and daddy? Mm. Right, you mm-hmm. know, that would be completely non-judging, like, oh, why do you say that? You're wrong, you're not supposed to say that, you know, mm-hmm. then it becomes very difficult for the right. child to share. Right. Or, oh, that must be difficult for you. So, mm-hmm. how are you coping now? Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, what do you feel most going to school tomorrow? Mm. Right. Questions that allow them to feel safe to express mm-hmm. because you are actually asking questions mm-hmm. to to elicit more response mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. making a comment about something that has just happened. Right, right. Right. Yeah. So you were mentioning just now about uh, the need to really uh, be there for our children and to affirm them and to empathize with them. Right. I would imagine this would take different forms at different stages of their lives. Correct. Um, for example, when they're in kindergarten and they're very sensitive to having friends who tell them, I don't friend you anymore and they find that they uh, don't right. have friends for the day <laughs> and they're, they're so upset. Right. right. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk to them. What would you say to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think if, if a child is uh, coming back at home crying, right, usually the, the, uh, the parents are the ones that are more, uh, more stressed <laughs> than the child, right? Right? You yeah. know, it may be a passing thing for the child. They may at that moment feel yeah. something, right? Yeah. But as long as the parents don't overreact and they continue to love the child, you know, despite what has happened, mm. uh, comfort the child and, uh, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is less about trying to solve every single problem that comes mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. But as long as the child knows that when, you come back, when they come back from school, they are loved mm-hmm. unconditionally, whether mm-hmm. they, they, you know, someone call him or her fat or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It, they are fine, right? Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So at that age, it's different, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it, and I think we also talked a little bit about, just now I mentioned the word boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, as, as the child gets older, it is okay to... To tell the child ahead of time that uh, there, you know, you need to come back by certain days. Uh, you know, you, you if you if you shouldn't use swear language at home. You know, so you can set boundaries for them. You, mm. you can, and that help the child to navigate. Because if you don't give any boundaries to them, then they will find themselves very lost mm. because they don't know what's right, what's wrong. Mm. So by mm. telling them the boundaries, so that when they come back with an issue, with you know you can help them navigate because you have always given them boundaries. Right. Kind of a markers about life. Right. 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 So I guess these boundaries you're referring to would be things like um, 
uh, like you mentioned, coming back on time, on time uh, uh, by a certain time, kind of like a curfew, so to speak. Right, right. right. And, and it is done because we care for them, not because we're just trying to limit them correct, arbitrarily correct, for no correct. good reason. Because it gives them boundaries. Like yeah. if you're at home, you know, you can always wash the dishes, mm -hmm. right? Or mm -hmm. you can help, you know, mm -hmm. elderly with the phone if they can't use the phone, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. all these are things that you can call mm -hmm. it boundaries, but we are actually inculcating values as well. Right, and if you inculcate values, you create the boundaries for them. They thrive. They right. thrive because you have you have given them some markers in life to to follow, mm -hmm. versus someone with absolutely no markers. Right, mm -hmm. anything goes. Yeah, yeah. So right. it sounds like you you're actually helping them in the development of certain virtues like temperance, exactly, uh, exactly, um, prudence, prudence, and, so right? and yeah. uh, also patience, um, and they know that they cannot get certain thing uh, done or get what they want in a certain period of time. Kind of correct, thing, right? correct. So, yeah, so, so I think, yeah, what you mentioned is good, uh, which is that we need to set boundaries, reasonable boundaries for them, correct. but at the same time, allow them the room to navigate, to navigate these right. boundaries so that they can flourish as best as they can, correct. Uh, according to the interests and passions. Of what they want to do, right. And they if do. they navigate within the boundaries, and sometimes things go, go according to plan, some don't, right? Just work with them, talk to them again, and... Maybe some of the boundaries have to be readjusted a little bit, mm -hmm. but at least there's always a conversation that goes on between you and your kids. Right, right. right. So the conversation is important. I yes, think that's a very yes, important yes, very word important. that you've been bringing up. Yes, yeah. it's very important. Yeah. So it sounds like you have affirmation, then you have the, the boundaries, then Correct. you have the con uh, conversation right. going and, on. And be in touch with them emotionally as mm. well. Okay, Stephen, so actually, um, based on what we've been discussing so far about the need to connect with our children and to understand them, to really empathize with them, um, I understand there's this thing called the five love languages by mm -hmm. Dr. Gary Chapman. Correct. And I think it is important for us to understand what our child's love language is so that we can express our love in a way that they will appreciate. Right? Correct. Correct. Um, so otherwise, we might be... Uh, um, we might be thinking they're expressing love to them and actually they don't appreciate or they don't accept exactly, it, right? Exactly. So would you like to share with us what these are five languages uh, of sure, love are? Please? Sure. Yeah. yeah, so this, uh, this was first coined by Dr. Gary Chapman, as you rightly pointed out, uh, in his book, The Five Love Languages. Uh, he describes that couples were often at odds with, their, in, with each other in their relationship and it's not because they don't love each other or not because they aren't trying it's because they express and experience love differently, right? Mm. So, Dr. Gary Chapman came up with these uh, five love languages. The first is uh, the words of affirmation. Right. Means, uh, means uh, you know, how you uh, affirm each other. Quality time, spending mm. time with each other. Uh, giving and receiving gifts. Doing things for people, acts of service. Or physical affection, right? right? So, so, as an example, right, um, would... Would you think your child feel loved if you fetch him from school, mm -hmm. right? After his EC, uh, CCA? Or would he feel much more loved when he receives a present? Right. right. So again, it depends on different children. Some, maybe girls, prefer, yeah. <laughs> prefer to be fetched from school. But, yeah. you know, some will feel loved if you give them a present. Yeah. Or similarly, the other way around, right? Would you, as parents, feel loved if your child thank you for doing something for them? Or if they give a big hug, mm. right? Would, would that be better for you, right? Mm. So you see, knowing how love is expressed and received by your child and by you 
actually makes a lot of difference. Yeah, yeah, right. That's true. I, I learned it the hard way too, right? Okay. Yeah, over over years, uh, my wife and I had to gradually learn each other's love language. <laughs> yeah, sometimes in very painful ways. <laughs> very painful ways, right? Okay. Yeah, my wife would love quality time and right. act of service and right, things like right. that. Yeah. For me, it was like physical touch, touch you know, yeah. that, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so, different from it's just my so wife different. and I as well, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we had to learn each other's love language and exactly. try to adapt accordingly. But I can tell you with children, uh, it's also another kettle of fish, right? Uh, the, one of the mistakes we made as uh, uh, parents when our children were younger was um, when one of our kids actually had this love language of gifts, mm. right? But we mistook it for being materialism. Ah, ah okay, so, okay. And, and my wife and I tried to express love in other ways except giving gifts. Except giving gifts. You know, because we felt, no, we don't want this child to be spoiled. To be too materialistic, yeah, To be too right? materialistic, you know. Right, so we're right. actually depriving this child of, of what? The love. Of the love that was needed. Yes. You know, yes. And, and, and this child obviously didn't feel as loved, you know, as, <laughs> as we should have made that's this child great, feel. That's a great example, right? You know? Because once you know how your child wants to receive love, then what you do will be much more precise. Yeah. Right, and much more accurate and, you know, then they will feel love. Yes. Right, right. That's right. So that's right. one of the uh, things that I think uh, we parents have to learn. Correct. Because it's so easy for us to fall into this trap of showing our love in the, the way wrong, The way that we think it should be shown should, and nothing yeah, else. That's right. And that's right. not what they appreciate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, that's right. right. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so how else do you think we can actually, uh, for example, uh, tap on these five languages to... Uh, how can we learn a child's love language in order to try to express it in a way that they will appreciate and that in a way that they will feel our love. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one way, simple way is to have a conversation with them, right? And talk about how would they feel if we do something for you or we buy you a present, right? And of course, right now, if you go and Google, you'll find there will be different uh, online exercises you can do to find out your love language. Mm. It may or may not be 100% accurate, but yeah. at least that give you a start, right? Yeah, my wife will help me, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I think once you, you get the exercise done, maybe do it together with the children yeah. and make a, make a bit of a fun out of it, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and once you understand your child's love language, then you start doing it and right. see whether they reciprocate by saying right. that they feel love. Right. If right. they say no, maybe it's not quite accurate, and right. we try again. Right, right, right. right. Trial yeah. and error. Trial and error. Yeah, story yes. of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, but uh, so it seems that uh, what you have mentioned so far all anyway point towards this uh, Understanding, expressing, expressing, uh, expressing uh, love. emotions, expressing love, yeah. feeling love. In the right. right way that the child will appreciate, right? Yeah, so right. I think, like you mentioned already before, that, uh, making time for them, spending time with them, connecting with them. And in so doing, we actually, through the time spent with them, Right. We actually gradually learn what their love language is. Correct. Yeah. Right. right. So, so I think the only thing I want to add on is that uh, for parents is try not to just focus on the things that you're comfortable with. Right. I think a lot of parents may also not be so comfortable feeling and mm. and and touching their own emotions. So they end up gravitating towards things like I'll buy something for you. You know, I'll uh, I'll make sure that you have a good food on the table, and you know. You know, bring you for an expensive holiday. I mean, they are they are much more comfortable doing that, but not comfortable in feeling, uh, you know, touching, feeling their own emotion, yeah, expressing yeah. it, and and having that conversation with their children. Yeah, yeah, that's right. absolutely right. Yeah. Well, okay. This being a, a podcast uh, for Catholic parents, right? right. Yeah. Um, and obviously, uh, for yourself, yes, I understand you're a counselor and family therapist. Right. At the same time, you have a certain, you have a deep passion for sharing the good news yes, with the yes. people in different ways, right? So perhaps would you share with our listeners, you know, how we can actually help form our children in the faith, right? As mm -hmm. uh, as 
as Catholic parents, you know, right. um, how can we bring them closer to Jesus and closer to the church, right? Right, yeah. So, so you know, the family is actually a microcosm of what's happening outside, mm. right? Uh, you know, and sometimes you call it the domestic church, yes. right? So family is actually a domestic yes. church. The family unit, the daily routines of the family, uh, the beliefs and values, the tone for the social interaction, all these are, are like what, what I mentioned alone, a microcosm of what the world is, right? If the family exhibits good, strong Christian values, Christian faith, uh, you know, say grace before meals, uh, nightly prayers before sleep, or, you know, put on your best clothes for, for Sunday Mass, right? All these things will help form the child, mm. right? And of course, parents have to do it themselves, right? Yeah. If the parents don't do it themselves, then they will they will see and then they say, oh, this is not what it's supposed to be, right? Right, right. right. We become a counter-witness. Uh. We become a counter-witness yeah. to it, right? And faith and religion and Christian values have to be taught, learned, and inculcated from the very beginning, from yeah. the beginning of a child's life, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not something like, oh, okay, uh, let's wait till seven years old, we send it to catechism class, yes, and that's yes, first, yes. first exposure to faith. Yes. That won't work, la, right? Yes, you have to yes. be done from the beginning, uh, letting them maybe touch the rosary, maybe let them, you know, bless them in the morning, you know? So there are things you can do to introduce faith to them from yeah. the very beginning. Yeah, I guess as right. you go also at a, at a place that they are comfortable with, right? So mm. I think what you've mentioned so far is so important to role model it Correct. and to really live the faith and that through living out that faith, our children see and feel the love of God in us in and us, through right. us, right? right? And then they'll be more attracted to who this God is. Isn't correct, it? correct. Right? And then right. from there, they'll become more attracted to the faith and want to learn more. Correct. Uh, but be ready for the hiccups and the Yeah, there will be downs, hiccups, hiccups, you know, hiccups, because yeah. the, the pull yeah. from the secular world is very strong, very right? Strong, Sometimes yeah. they get attracted to something outside, yeah. right? Yeah. But continue to create this little That's domestic right. church of yours. That's right. And, and you know, That's so right. one of the things we do as a family, uh, you know, of course, we, we attend Mass, pray mm -hmm. together. But to be exact, actually, every day at in the afternoon at 4.30 p.m., we come together to say rosary. Wonderful. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, we have a big family, mm -hmm. our grandparents, uh, my wife and I, sometimes my kids, mm -hmm. the helper, right? You know, we'll come together at 4.30 to say prayer. Yeah. So that's kind of a routine, right? Yes. And, and you know, we'll say intercessory prayer for others, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. friends who are sick and things mm -hmm. like that. So that mm -hmm. gives a sense of... Um, knowing that we come together, mm -hmm. right, as a Christian family to pray for others, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, you know, we'll put the sign of the cross on, on the kids' mm -hmm. uh, forehead before they go right. for the day. Uh, we also notice that as the children become bigger, uh, they like conversations uh, during mealtimes, mm -hmm. right? Because that's the time where they will share, you know, maybe they pick up something from their friend, maybe they heard something in the newspaper. We have a conversation about it, right? And sometimes a conversation can also be difficult conversations, right? Around, you know, uh, relativism, mm -hmm. secularism, you mm -hmm. know, abortion, mm -hmm. gender yeah. discussions. Yes. So, so there are a lot of different things we can mm. we can have conversations around the dinner table. Yeah, right? yeah. and the dinner table is where we tell the whole family, no handphones no at the dining allowed. table, please, right? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, no there'll be no conversation. There'll be no conversation. So, so we put aside our headphones. Yeah. So these are one, some, one of the boundaries that these we've set These are one of the boundaries young, right? we set. Yeah. Yes, correct, correct. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So one more point, right? Yeah. So uh, Lily and I, we are we are involved in the Catholic Engaged Encounter Ministry. Yes. So it's 
it's common for us to to be talking about issues around men and women, yes. dating, yes. interfaith, right? Yes. A lot of couples are interfaith, yes. uh, premarital, right. uh, you know, sex. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of these kind of topics that always find itself into, into the conversation with the family. That's right. So, you know, family mealtime is always uh, never an uh, interesting time. We never run out of topics to talk That's about. Right. That's true. Absolutely true. I find that uh, during these uh, mealtimes and we are actually talking is when our children are actually also listening, listening right. and imbibing what we are saying. Correct. And, Correct. Um, uh, it's interesting because sometimes along the way when we're having conversations with our children and then, uh, you know, they'll say, ah, Dad, I know what your stand is on this. <laughs> right? Right, okay, right. you know, when my friend told me this, but uh, in my mind, I, I knew what, what your stand was already <laughs> because we've been talking about it. And correct, so so in, in the way through all these conversations, they know where our stand yeah, yeah, is. That's right, they'll they'll right. know what we uh, stand for, what we don't. Correct. All right, yeah. and uh, uh, where we need to really, uh, where we draw the line on certain things and all that. Right. right? So and some of these conversations do not always need to be us pushing our points across. Just if very casual. Just casual. Listen. Mm. Yeah. Listen to them. Yeah. Just make sure that we are there to listen to them and make them feel that we are listening. Yes. I think that's also very important. Yes. 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 Because sometimes they do uh, bring up uh, points of um, difference, very different points from what we would. Um, believe in, correct. But like you said, it's so important to listen to them. Where are right. they coming from? What is the underlying value in, in each of their statements and all? Then after that, we question, how is that value? Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, for example, let's say abortion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You value uh, uh, the, this uh, respect to life, or when does right. life begin, and, right. and things like that. And we just correct. bring the conversation. Discussion about choice. choice discussion with, about life. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. And. Uh, is it a matter of a mother's rights versus a child's rights? Or is it a matter of everybody's rights being respected and how can we promote the correct. rights of everybody involved? Right? Correct, kind of correct. So, yeah. so I think once we can get the questions right, we would probably help them find the right answers have, too. Uh, right, and have the right discussion. It may not be successful the first time, but over a long period of time, yeah. you know, they will probably understand it a lot better. Yeah, right. yeah. So these, these family meal times are so important. Very important. Right? Very, very important, important for really right. uh, sharing and connecting together. Right. And, and even sometimes when, because of uh, our busy schedule, we may not be together having meals and one of them may just say, hey, we haven't had family uh, yeah, yeah. meals for a long time. Let's do it this Sunday or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good. So important, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I guess it's been a very uh, fruitful session so far, Stephen. You Thank know, you. during this yeah. one, is, uh, we've learned really quite a lot from you. Um, Perhaps before we bring this discussion to an end to a conclusion, you know, um, do you have any other tips that you'd like to share with uh, our, our listeners out there, the Catholic parents? So, um, parenting is a lifelong journey, right? Yeah. It doesn't end when the child becomes an adult. And just look at my hair. Right. <laughs> right. You know, they, and, and, and they always want to know that they are part of the family, that they are they're listened to, uh, and that you love him or her unconditionally. Whether they do well in school, whether they don't, whether they're tall, they're short, they're fat, they're thin, right? That they want to know that they are loved unconditionally. Right. And I think that's a very, very important uh, aspect of parenting, right? Um, in our family, we have this uh, tradition that we, 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 have been, we have it for many years already where we, we call it our annual family conference, wow. right? Okay. <laughs> so what we do is, if you think about uh, in the corporate world, right, they, mm-hmm. we spend so much time in off-site meetings, mm-hmm. talking about um, what they want to do in next year, align objectives and so on. So we find that we should also do it for our family. Mm-hmm. So we actually go away 
once a year to have our own family conference. Mm -hmm. We talk about uh, you know what has happened in the year that's just passed. We talk a little bit about our plans for the future, and we also ask um, about our. We also ask our children to let us know what we are doing well and what are things we have to do more and what are things we should do less. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's a bit like a performance appraisal. Yes. Right. So that means we make ourselves um, open to listening to feedback. Mm -hmm. right? And of course, the feedback that they will give you uh, is age appropriate. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're young, their feedback will be like, oh, I don't like curry chicken, you know, mm -hmm. so don't cook curry chicken next year, you know, something like that. But as they grow bigger, they will give really uh, much more thoughtful feedback about what they would like, what they prefer not to have. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of uh, good nature ribbing, affirmation, encouraging words that go around. So we think that going away and have this conference once a year is our family tradition, but it's something the rest of the families out there could also follow. Right. Right? Going away, you mean going for family holidays or... Um... Somewhere, um, yeah, going local. away, staycation, staycation, right? You know, maybe just, just an somewhere, afternoon, somewhere uh, away from the house, out of the can, ordinary, right? Where they can talk about their lives, mm. talk about you know how have the year been, mm. how has mm. PSLE been for the mm. you know yeah. last year, yeah. Even though PSLE is over, you can have a quick yeah. chat about it. Yeah. How's you know preparing for secondary and look like? What would you like to do next year? Right. What how do you like mommy and daddy to support you next year? Right. Give them an opportunity to have a say in the family. Mm. I think that's also very important. Okay, that, that's right. really good. Yeah. So I think uh, these opportunities to be with them in um, in a less stressful environment. Correct. Uh, in a more casual, more comfortable environment where they are, where everyone is probably more encouraged to share more openly. Correct. Correct. Okay. Share more openly and. And not to take each things like if a PSL exam as once the exam is over, it's over. Let them reflect on it, right? Mm -hmm. How has it been? Mm -hmm. You know, what should we do differently in your next big exam? Mm -hmm. What would you like mommy and daddy to do differently, mm -hmm. right? You know, get mm -hmm. those inputs from, from them in a very comfortable off-site environment. Right? Right. I think that's very, very valuable as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really a very good piece of advice. I'm sure yeah. many of us would have benefited <laughs> from this. So thank you very much. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks so, so much. So yes. maybe one more thing I want to also share sure. is that, you know, as we look at the family unit, right? Mm. It starts with a couple, right? Mm. Right, strong couples leads to strong families. Strong yeah. families lead to strong society. Yes. Right, so I think that's the flow. Right. Yes. So, the parents have to first of all build strong relationship between them. Yes. Right. Um, because once there's strong relationship with them, mm -hmm. and and have them centered on Christ, then everything else will flow properly. You're right. Right. Absolutely if right. the children see the parents squibbling, uh, you know, quarreling, and uh, you know, not getting along, it's very hard to do anything else. Yes. So the parents have to find ways to be united. Yes. Uh, to also put Christ in the center of their couple relationship, mm -hmm. and once that happens, the family will naturally start forming properly. Mm, right? right. So that's something I thought was important Wonderful. for me to say. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like well, what you are doing is to say that. Christ has to be at the foundation of marriage and family life. It has to be. And then right. upon this foundation is where you build the marital relationship, the, the uh, relationship with your children, children and with also ultimately society, with large society, with church, with yeah, church and, everything, and, right. and, and, and yeah. with community and everything. Right. So it appears that the, what you're also saying is that in terms of 
priority in sense is really Christ, uh, God first, and then our spouse. The spouse, because yeah. the marriage is a sacrament. Exactly. Right? Right. They, have, they have to be signs of God's love. That's right. And once the family can see it, yes. then they will be able to see, yes, I know yes. what you're saying. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. yes. But if they don't see that, then it's very hard to tell someone to behave Correct. in a way that they're not seeing it. That's right. 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 Yeah. I think many of us make the mistake of putting our children above our spouse right. when the children come. And that's where a lot of problems will start yeah, popping up as spouse well. First. Spouse first, right? Yes, God, yes. Spouse first. Yes. For husbands, we know that very important. Right? <laughs> yeah, yes, better yes. be spouse first. Right? And then after that, children. children yes, and then yes. after that, you know, uh, work right. and then, the community. Uh, the community and so uh, yeah, so uh, all these things will then uh, flow, flow in properly, properly uh, right? correct, in the correct. correct order. Otherwise, once we get it messed up, our lives will be messed, messed up. up as well, our families right. will be messed up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I yeah. think that that's a very good piece of advice. Okay, yeah, good. Thanks. All right. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Stephen, for sharing your thoughts and expertise. No problem. And no problem. Definitely, I'm sure we definitely benefited a lot from it, you know. Yeah. Right. Okay, so dear friends, we just heard from uh, Stephen Yeo, a counsellor and family therapist, who shared with us on positive parenting styles and how we can connect with our children um, in a way that will help us be an even better gift to them, right? So how we can be better parents as our gift to our children. So uh, till we meet again, take care and God bless you and the family always. Goodbye. Bye.